Another selection from the work of Eric Bowersfield called The Black Mass, produced on KPFA Radio in Berkeley from 1963 to 1970. This episode is from 1964 and is entitled Atrophy. The definition of atrophy is a wasting away or diminution such as someone who is bedridden for a length of time experiences a decrease in size and strength of their muscles. The muscles have experienced atrophy. Black Mass story is classified as black humor, and it is adapted from a story written in 1961 by J. Anthony West. It was originally published under the title George in the magazine of fantasy and science fiction in June of 1961. There are only two characters, George, played by Bernard Mays, and his wife Marjorie, played by Pat Franklin. George and Marjorie are spending the evening doing what they often do, watching TV. George's foot falls asleep. He complains and makes some guttural sounds, moans, and then he begins to pound his foot on the floor. He hops up and down, trying to wake his foot up. As George generally exaggerates things like this, Marjorie becomes very annoyed. George soon finds that he has lost all feeling in his foot, and not only that, he cannot move it, almost as if it had turned to stone. George complains that a sleeping foot just doesn't go stiff, and Marjorie suggests that it might be very soundly asleep. She tries to calm and comfort George as the atrophy continues upward. Now, Atrophy from the Black Mass will be rebroadcast here on Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. I am your host, John Lovering, thanking you for taking your time to listen to this podcast. I much appreciate your support. Welcome to the Black Mass. We come to you in a lighter mood. Here is a story by John Anthony West, selected for you and directed by Bernard Mays. The adaptation was by Richard Rowland. Pat Franklin is heard as Marjorie and Bernard Mays as George. The story is one that could happen to anyone in front of their TV. We call it Atrophy. (laughs) 
headache tablet to relieve pain. So relax tension, calm nerves. This message can save you hours and hours of pain. Headache pain. Pain. Depression. Pain. Oh. Tension. Pain. What's the matter? Anxiety. Foot's gone to sleep, that's all. George, cut it out. You're, you're making them image jump. I'm oh, sorry, dear. I must have been sitting in the same position too long. George, dear, you don't have to make quite such a fuss about it. I can't help it. Depression. have to wake it up. Anxiety. Everybody's foot falls asleep. My, foot, my foot's asleep right now. In minutes, headache pain is gone. So depression's gone. The least you can do if you must hop, dear, is to hop out in the hall. I've been damned if I hop out in the hall just to wake up my foot. You are being childish again. Childish? What's childish? What's childish about waking my foot up? It's your attitude that's childish. Attitude? I'm trying to wake up my foot. If you'll just sit down, dear, and forget it, it'll pass. All right, I suppose it'll pass. George. What? What do you think you're doing? Can't I take off my shoes? Suppose someone comes. I suppose they do. And you're sitting there with your shoe off. Well, can't I take off my shoes in my own house? But you only took off one shoe. I'm afraid I don't see the difference. You're completely insensitive. All right, we'll watch the program. I know, I know, I'm being silly. I can't watch the program when my foot's asleep. Other men could. You have no intestinal fortitude, George. It's easy for you to say it isn't your foot. And if it were, I wouldn't make a fuss about it. Men are all big babies. What kind of work? Any kind that'll pay us wages. Marjorie, my foot isn't asleep. Then why make all this fuss about well, it? Well, there's something wrong with it. Sure. I'm serious. Look, I can't move it. My foot's stiff somehow. See, it's look at that. It won't move. You're holding it that way on purpose. Take your sock off. There, will you pay attention to me? Just look at that. Now, now, do believe me. Look, see, I can't flex my toes even. My whole foot's rigid. You're doing it on purpose. You just want my sympathy. Marjorie, darling, please listen to me. Look, look, see there, I can't move it. Well, you're not trying. I know when I'm trying and when I'm not, I'm trying. Try to move it yourself. I don't Come want on. to play games with your sweaty foot. My foot isn't sweaty? In this weather? All right, my foot's sweaty. You try and move it, though. Go on. I believe you. You can't move your foot. You don't believe me? I can tell by the tone of your voice. Your foot is asleep and you can't move it. I believe it you. It is not asleep. There's something wrong with it. Sleeping foot doesn't just go rigid just like that. <sighs> you are such a hypochondriac, George. Oh. Every little thing. Just like the time you thought you had an appendicitis and it was gas pains. And what was I supposed to think? I was lying on the bed in agony. It might have been appendicitis. Well, it wasn't. And you're not lying in agony right now. Your foot is asleep. And why you have to make such a fuss about it, I, I just don't know. And a sleeping foot doesn't just go stiff. It does when it's very soundly asleep. Maybe you sprained it walking around. Well, how would I do that? Oh, I don't know. Where did you walk today? Well, my usual walking, what do you think? I walked from the subway to the office. And I walked to the water cooler twice. No, it was three times. You see? Usually you only go to the water cooler twice. Yes, but I went to the men's room once. That makes up for it. You're always talking about things you don't know the first thing about. How am I supposed to know? Usually you go twice. That's precisely what I mean. Let's forget the whole thing. Still, you can overexert a tendon and not know it. 
Remember Geraldine Roberts? Oh, she fell down the subway stairs and broke three ribs and didn't know a thing about it for a week. I didn't fall down the subway stairs. I didn't overexert a tendon and Geraldine Roberts was stewed to the ears when she fell. So what? Your friend Walter is a complete lush. We weren't talking Not about juice Walter. Juice product. <clears throat> Does it hurt? No. You walk like a war hero, George. Only hurts when I laugh. I am not a war hero, and I don't want to walk like one. Don't be such a milquetoast, George. You could have been a war hero. How could I have been a war hero? I was in Jersey training recruits the whole time. Yes. Your, your, your training recruits and a nervous private drops a hand grenade. In another second, you see that the whole regiment will be blown to smithereens and you, and you leap on top of it oh and... Oh, my God, all of which results in a stiffened foot, I suppose. Besides, I was training them to use a calculating machine. And if someone dropped a hand grenade near me, you can bet that... Oh. Marjorie, Marjorie, my, my other foot's gone stiff. I, I can't move it. You mustn't get this excited. Now, now, come and sit down, and it will pass in a moment. Your, your other foot's gone to sleep, that's all. Oh, don't make such a fuss about every little don't thing. Don't make such a fuss. Great Christ, you think I was just anybody. Me, George, your husband. Suddenly I'm paralysed and I can't walk, and, and you say of that I... Of course you can walk. God. You were just walking. Do you call this hobble walking? Look, is this walking? There are millions of people who would give their right arm to walk that well. And what the hell do I care about them? It's me, George, who can't walk right now. I've got leprosy or something, and you just sit there. You don't have leprosy, George. If you had leprosy, your feet wouldn't stiffen. They'd fall off. Oh, my Leprosy, it was all over, leprosy. <sighs> shut up, shut up. Can't you see I'm frightened? <laughs> I was just trying to cheer you up, dear. Now, now, look at it this way. Hmm. It can't be anything serious. If it were something serious, there'd have to be symptoms, right? Now, hmm. now, there's no serious disease without symptoms. I think you should just go off to bed now and put the whole thing out of your mind. Your feet will be back to normal tomorrow morning. Oh. oh. You have no idea, dear, how foolish you Do you think I care? Do I care about appearance at a time like this? You might at least try to behave like a gentleman. Oh, appearances always appearances with you. All women are the same. Intrinsic value means nothing to you at all, as long as it looks nice. That's not true, George, and you know it. Nothing was ever more true. You'd eat horse manure if it came served with parsley. I would not. You would. I wouldn't. You would. Wouldn't. Would. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't. Would, would, would. Wouldn't, 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 God, wouldn't, we sit wouldn't. here talking as though nothing was wrong and my feet are paralysed. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? The first thing, George, is to relax. You mustn't let yourself get so excited. If you were a professional tennis star or something, I could hmm. understand. But all you have to do yes, is Yes, I to... suppose get to the office. As long as I bring home the bacon, it doesn't matter how I get there. President the Roosevelt had to go around in a wheelchair, and that didn't oh, stop him from becoming the... You don't understand, President Roosevelt. You just don't understand. I understand, George. Believe me, I do. In a week, you'll get the hang of it. Really, you will. Besides, it'll be all better in the morning. You know it won't. You're just trying to cheer me up. No one's ever had this before. Nobody's feet ever stiffened. Not just, not just like that. You always think you're better than everyone else. It happens to lots of people, dear. Oh, name one. I don't know any personally. That's just it. That's why I'm worried. If we just knew what it was. Oh, I suppose you're right. I've no point in getting excited. 
Better watch the program. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be as independent? First thing wrong with you when you go running to the doctor. Do you want me to call the doctor at this hour? I didn't say that. Glass for glass. If it's no better than morning, we'll call him there. All right? Yeah, you know. You know, I think it's a little. Not a juice or juice. Marjorie! Marjorie, my knee. It's my knee. I can't move my knee. Look, look, will you look, please? Oh, for God's sake. Look here. My knee's completely stiff. George, dear, relax. Please relax. I'll go and call the doctor. Please relax now. Relax. Hello? 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 Marjorie, for the love of God, uh, my, listen, my other knee, my other knee's paralysed. Tell, tell him to hurry. I really can't carry on two conversations at once, dear. Marjorie, my knee. <sighs> well, 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 what? Well, what do you think? What is it? What did he say? Just what I told you. Nothing serious. Huh. Well, did he know what it was? Of course he knew. Did you think you were the only one? I told you. All right, all right, no sermons. Tell me what he said. What is it? Atrophy. Atrophy? Atrophy? Plain, common, atrophy. Just atrophy? So that's it, atrophy. Well, at least we know what it is. I told you. I told you. Wasn't knowing that scared me. Well, now, what do we do about it? Hmm? Well, nothing. Nothing? Nothing? You mean to tell me that I have a fatal disease? I have a fatal disease and you sit there calmly and tell me there's nothing we can do? George, get hold of yourself. There's nothing fatal about the disease. The doctor said not to worry. Nothing can be done about it. But there are absolutely no dangerous effects. Oh, well, I suppose that's a relief. Nothing we can do. But there are no dangerous effects. Right. You can do anything you would do normally, except move. Well, that's at least something. We should be grateful for that. Hmm. You'll, you'll have to have courage, George. We'll have to have courage. We have to fashion a whole new life for ourselves. Won't be easy. Mm. You know, I can't face it. it. Happened too quickly. This evening I was a man in my prime. I could have done anything I wanted. Now... Well, we can start from scratch, George, dear. We'll start a new life. I can't walk anymore. I, I can't go for a simple stroll. You never went for walks, dear. When did you ever take a walk? That isn't the question. It's that now I can't even if I wanted to, and I, I was planning on taking a walk, actually. When? Well, this Sunday. I was going to walk around the block. You have to stop thinking this way, George. You, you can't give in to self-pity. <laughs> Such a simple thing, a stroll around the block. Stop it, George. You know you wouldn't have gone. I was planning to. There's nothing on the other side of the block, anyhow. How do you know? I've been there. And there's nothing? Nothing. Well, hardly... That's what I mean. You see, I wanted to see for myself. George, you must take my word for it. There's nothing interesting to be seen. Well, I suppose I've just got to get used to the whole idea. <clears throat> my thighs. My thighs just went. I, I can't move them. Have courage, darling, please. For your sake, for mine, have courage. Well, I suppose things could have been worse. <laughs> it's 
suppose it hadn't happened at home, eh? <clears throat> yes. I mean, it might have happened in the subway or tying my shoelace or painting the ceiling. <laughs> you are wonderful, darling. Mm. I don't like this any better than you do. I can't go bowling anymore or fishing or play ball, nothing. George, darling, you never went bowling. You never did any of those things. No, true. But I'm still young. I could have done them. I can't ping-pong. You never played ping-pong. I always wanted to. Well, we have to make a living. You can't go to work. What will we live on? We have to eat. No, I hadn't thought of that. I'll work, George. I don't care. We'll get along, don't you worry. I'll do anything. I'll take in washing, I'll scrub floors, no. I'll, I'll work in a millinery shop, don't you worry. I'll keep us going. Now, maybe we can get back that modelling job, eh? George. Now, let's see now, you know, will we need money? With our social security, accommodated benefits, disability, all our policies. 10, 25, 25. You know, I think we... I figure 40 a week. Yes. Mm. Well, the price we have to pay... Well, it's not so bad, not so bad at all. In fact, you know, we'll have more money. We can buy the things we've always wanted. My own needs will be less. Uh, just let me have... Don't do that, dear. Don't do what? Reach for the peanuts. Who knows? Any minute now and you'll be reaching for peanuts the rest of your life. No, Marjorie. I'm serious. If you want something, dear, ask me for it. Is there anything you want? You can still move from the waist... <clears throat> my waist. The uh, atrophy hit my waist. Won't oh. it stop, George? Why won't it stop, George? Won't it stop? Why us? Why not someone else? That's uh, selfish thinking, dear. Sitting around that's so awful. This awful sitting, watching it happen. Different if I I went out to a, to, a, to, a, to a cinema and came back and found you atrophied and this dying by inches. You know I'm not dying, and please don't get emotional. Oh, don't lift your arm. Don't do that. Tell me what you want, and I'll do it for you. Oh, well, it's only a small thing. Anything, George, no matter how small. Uh, would you uh, scratch my nose for me? A little higher. <laughs> Thanks. Whole life ahead of you, and you'll never be able to scratch yourself. Oh, George. I'll have to be beside you always, to scratch for you. No, when the atrophy is set in, there's no sensation at all. Actually, just a few moments. That's the worst part of all. A whole life to live, and you'll never know what it is to itch. Oh, my dear. You know what I'll miss? I'll miss making myself snacks for the late show. I'll make you marvellous snacks, George. No, it won't be quite the same thing. Don't quite understand. You see, when you go to bed early... I stay up for the late show and the late, late show, and in between the two I get a little hungry. House is completely quiet. Sometimes I hear buses down the avenue. Once in a while a fire engine, an Looks like there isn't a bit of food in the place, and I go to the refrigerator and open it, and a whole world of midnight snacks lights up there before my eyes, herring and sour cream, herring and wine sauce, sods and ends of cheddar, Pimento <sighs> olives, Lolita spread, quarter of cantaloupe. Ah, <laughs> thing of blue cheese. Go through everything. Look around, pick out one, put it back. There are dishes and dishes with covers on them and little things that were left over we've forgotten about. One by one, take off the covers. 
There's me Paul. What's that do? Two slices of roast beef. Look at everything. Mm. Don't choose. No, don't choose. Go to the bread box. Half a loaf of rye, three or four kinds of crackers. Still don't choose. Go to the pantry. Peanut butter. <laughs> Peanut butter. All kinds of jam. Mm. Maybe during the day you bought some sardine. New brand, maybe. Hmm. Have some tuna fish, salmon. No, still I don't choose. Go to the cabin with the sugar and the flour and the breakfast cereals. Cornflakes. You know, there weren't any cornflakes yesterday. Hmm? Cornflakes. Hmm. Did I see peaches in the refrigerator? No. Yes, oh, I don't remember. I run to the refrigerator, and if there are peaches, I'll have peaches, and cornflakes, small peaches, and cream. Uh, no, George, there aren't any peaches, dear, but there are strawberries. Mmm, not nice big ones. You can have cornflakes with strawberries instead. Oh, well, you must have I never knew it meant so much to you. I never dreamed. Oh, it was only something small. Small things are the most important. Really, darling, it doesn't matter. Oh. I can... Uh, the arm just went. Oh. You know those roses? George! Ah, made it. <laughs> Peanuts. Oh, you mustn't do that. You want to give me heart failure? George, you know what could happen. Just one more second. Yes, but I did make it, you know. There's nothing to worry about. Promise me you won't do that again. All right, I promise. But I had to reach for my last handful of peanuts, you know. You have more courage than most men, George. No one will ever tell me that my husband was a coward. Oh, don't be silly, it was not. Now, don't be modest, George. You know perfectly well that most men would have just sat there. Men with less character would have hesitated. The other arm. Look, look, see? You see? That split second was all. Other men would have been less decisive. And in that time... But you, George, you defied fate. Oh, oh. stupid. Oh, I go all week inside when I think of it, George. I really do. I... George! What's it now, dear? Our lives, darling. Our lives are ruined. No, oh, please don't start that over again. You have to stay in that chair the whole rest of your life. Well, we both know that, Madge, do I? You don't. I don't think you know what that means. You can't ever leave, ever. Forever you'll always be sitting there. Of course, I know that. It's perfectly clear. You don't understand. You don't see. You all have to bring me my food. And that'll be a bother, I suppose. You all have to vacuum around me. Well, I still don't see why you have to get so excited about it. You can't come to bed, George. Oh, that's so. I suppose I hadn't thought of that. Oh, with a couple of extra blankets, I'll be warm here. It won't be as bad as all that. And me, George? I'll have to get between the cold sheets alone. Oh, Marge, a couple of extra blankets and... Warm enough. We can't make love anymore. We aren't husband and wife. We aren't lovers anymore. Mm, I hadn't thought of that. Not another chance. Never again. Oh, George. That was the best part, George. I, I love most then. Always in your arms and the little light glowing. You always said such silly little things. I loved you most then, George. It's my fault, George. All my fault. If I'd been a little more understanding before, if I'd listened to my intuition just a while ago, when it was just your foot, we could have had one last chance. Just one last time in your arms. Well, we just didn't think of it, Marge. I didn't, and you didn't. Anyway, it isn't Wednesday. 
And it's no use crying over spilled milk. Our quarrels were made up there, George. The nights were all soft and tender. In your arms, I was a, a princess at dawn, George, beside my sleeping prince. It was marvellous. It was perfect, wasn't it? Yeah. We were passionate. Yeah. Each day was an experience, wasn't it, George? Every night, eight hours out of paradise. We were happy. So very happy, weren't we, George? Yeah. We did things together. What lies we led. Everyone envied us. We made life so exciting. Never fought, never bickered like other couples. We were happy, weren't we? Mum? Oh, yes, I said we were. We were very happy. The nights, George. How will I get through the long nights alone? We're so young, George. Our lives were all before us. So young. I'm 32, George. A girl. A young girl. And you? 34. Your life has just begun. Uh, Marge? Yes, dear? Are you sure I'm, I'm 34? Certain. I'm certain. Oh, George. Funny, I always thought of myself as much older than that. <sighs> it's affected your mind, darling. That, too. No, 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 really. Um, well, you know how it is. I suppose one day is like the next. A year goes by and you don't notice it. <laughs> and then fire. Oh! My neck. Oh, it's all over, George. Our lives are finished. There's nothing left for us. No, that's not true, Marge. We can still talk. Yes. Yes, we can still talk. That's right, George. We can still talk. Talk to me, darling. Well, I can't just talk. I have to have something to say. <laughs> of course. And when you think of something, you'll talk to me, won't you, George? Promise me. You mustn't worry, darling. I'll always be beside you whenever you need me. I'll stay by your side always. I'll never leave you for another. No. I'll refuse all invitations. Oh. I won't let myself be tempted. Oh. George. George, look at me. What? I can't, you know. My eyes are focused straight ahead. At the television. I didn't even know it. Well, it's almost over. Thank God for that. But George... Are you blind? Can you see? Yes, I, I can see all that. Aren't you afraid, George? No, 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 I'm, I'm not, I'm not afraid. George, that's not your normal voice. Not that too. George, George, talk to me. I'm frightened. Say something. Some last thing. Don't leave me like this. Tell me what it's like. What do you feel? I've got to know, George. It's, it's not, not so bad. It's not, not bad, not bad at all. Really, I, 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 I quite, quite like it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That was Atrophy, adapted by Richard Rowland from a story by John Anthony West. Bernard Mays played George, and Pat Franklin played Marjorie. The technical production was by Fred Seiden. And now, good night.
The musical introduction for the Black Mass was designed by Peter Winkler. This series was conceived by Jack Nessel and recorded in the studios of KPFA in Berkeley. <laughs>